Welcome to a new episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. My name is Josh. Uh, if you're a new listener, you probably have no idea who the hell I am. And you're like, who is this guy introducing the episode? I'm actually the third co-host on this podcast, funny enough. Alex and Peter have been really carrying the load and also scheduling their recordings when I'm not able to join them. And that is why I've been on a little hiatus. No, yet. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, yes, I was on vacation, but no. I have not just been ditching the podcast for five episodes, but luckily we all chose a time where we were able to record together for this breaking news segment of Talking Blues, kind of a day late, but we're tying all of it together. Chelsea, get rid of sack, whatever you want to call it, of manager, former manager now, Thomas Tuchel. We're going to get into all of that and why that is, and if, is that a good decision or not? They do that yesterday on Wednesday, September 7th, after they got back um, from the Champions League match, which we'll also talk about as well. And then today, they were they interviewed him yesterday, I believe, and then today it becomes official that Chelsea, Chelsea's new manager, Graham Potter, signed a, a five-year contract, I want to say, with the club. It doesn't matter anyway, because I'm sure he'll be next up on the list and will be sacked himself in two years' time um, <laughs> with how the managers have been sacked in these past kind of few um, few years. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Tuchel out, Potter in. Alex, Peter, how you guys doing? Uh, and I guess, what should we start out with? The question we should start out with, I want to say, is let's start out with Thomas Tuchel because that came first. What are what are our um, first? I mean, I guess go over your first reactions when you saw the news yesterday morning. Well, I'll start. I mean, first off, I'm doing well, uh, and I mean, really, I think my first reaction had to have been like, "What?" Like, I thought it was like a fake account or something because I was like, uh, "I mean, it's not like we've been playing well. We've been struggling. I think that's clear for anybody to see." But uh, I was like, I was like. And surely not like there's no way like uh, I must be like seeing things it must be like I don't even know like because it just didn't make sense and I mean it really it still doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me but can't go into the past now and change it so it's just I can understand how you could be disappointed in the results he's getting now completely understand it yeah I mean you're 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 having bad losses you're losing bad losses you know you're you need to be doing better right you're Chelsea, you're Chelsea, you want to be up there, and we're not being up there right now, but that does not mean that right after the transfer window, after spending 300 million on players to fit someone's system, you you sack them when, I think this it's still, it's still in the process, I mean, Fofana was just coming in, I mean, I'm sure, we are we're going through a midfield crisis right now, that really doesn't help sure you can maybe blame Tuchel for not addressing it but that that he shouldn't be sacked because we couldn't sign a midfielder I mean it's just reactionary I think I mean it's just Bowley I mean wants success in his first year which totally get it but just because we're struggling now does not mean that he isn't the right man for the job which I think he is uh, Peter, and just before you go, Alex, I just wanted to say you were talking about how we made the signing of Wesley Fofana even ones closer to when Tuchel left, like bringing in Dennis Zakaria and also bringing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It really seemed like Todd Bowley, the new Chelsea owner, the billionaire he is, whatever, millionaire, billionaire, probably billionaire, I assume, 
you know, gives Tuchel what it seems like this money and say, listen, I have this amount of cash, how much you or like, I'm giving you not even how much you want to spend. I'm giving you it. Let's like, who do you want? And then they go after the players and they built these players for the Thomas Tuchel system of having more center backs. Now with probably Graham Potter coming in, I mean, it's just a guess, but from what he played at Brighton, we're not going to need these uh, center backs. So these center backs are going to be on the bench. And yes, Tiago Silva is getting older. He won't play every match. And I guess it's good now to have the depth with Koulibaly and with Wesley Fofana. But it's, it's just the chemistry might get off between those guys. That's another thing. And then you bring in Aubameyang because he played with, I want to say he was with Tuchel at Dortmund. I think I'm right on that. And he wanted to come back. And he was asked in an interview, which I, I texted you guys like, oh, how do you feel about coming back to play with Tuchel? And he's like, oh, I'm really excited to play with him again. And he played however many minutes of that match uh, in the in the champion uh, Champions League. And that's it. And now Tuchel's gone. So we brought in Aubameyang because he had chemistry and a relationship with the Chelsea manager. Now for him to meet a new manager after the transfer market just ended, and that goes for all of our transfers that we made in this window that are that's now closed. We can't make any more transfers until later in next year. And we have all these guys when we're going to be playing basically nonstop football because if you remember, World Cup, everyone knows that. It's going to be international break. So we're going to be banging out two matches every week, basically, until November comes. And with that being said, you have to have your team on the same page. And now you bring in a complete new manager with a complete new system. And I know these are professional footballers, and I understand that. But so they can adjust. But how long does it take them to adjust? That's a real question. And you're going to pull this plug mid-season, not mid-season, beginning of season, really, Next match was on Saturday. Chelsea have to basically learn a new system. These players have to meet the new manager. Everyone has to meet the new manager and be ready within two days. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask of your players. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, Josh. It's just, I I think even stepping back a little bit, it's the disrespect to all that Tuchel has done here. I mean, you he came probably in a, well, definitely in an extremely turbulent time. We were ninth place in the league look like we were just going downhill. He brings that team. You know, we had Timo Werner and Kai Havertz up front and we won the Champions League. I mean, you know, he fixed that team up so quickly. I've never seen something like that before. Next season, he takes us to two, uh, two you know, English Cup Finals and then he takes us to the Club World Cup Final. We win that. We win uh, the, we win the uh, Super Cup. And really both those, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, could have gone either way. They're both down to penalties. So I think you look at what he's done, what is it, five or six finals um, in two years, in less than two years. I mean, he really put in, you know, he really got the best out of these players. Really, his only signing up until this summer had been Lukaku, and that guy came out and stabbed him in the back in December. So I think you got to really look at that. And then the sanctions, man. He stuck around with us when we were at our lowest, when we had nothing, when we couldn't even afford to pay for the plane to fly to a game. And he said he would drive the the seven seven seater bus. Um, I mean, I think that you know he stuck around when he didn't have to, and now we're not sticking by him. Um, and to be honest, he's the best coach on the market right now, and you know he still is even after this new appointment, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. But 
I, I just think it's highly disrespectful for all that Tuchel's done for this club, the connection he has to the fans. And I think he would have turned this around, man. I do think. You know, don't get me wrong. I was frustrated as well with the results. It was not up to my standards. It was not up to Chelsea fans' standards. But, you know, we have to be patient at times, and you can't just fire someone five games into the season, six games in, or whatever it's been. I mean, we're in the beginning of September. Um, it's 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 kind of crazy to me. I think it's a very bad decision. That doesn't mean that the, you know, we're going to be, that the next manager is going to be terrible. I don't think that's the case, but I think Tuchel... He he had a knack for fixing things, and I think we went on stretches even last season, the season before, maybe not as bad as this one, where we just were not getting results, and he was able to turn it around. Um, we have a lot of new faces coming in. We need to, you know, get some more chemistry, and, you know, it sounds like really what got Tuchel fired was more, not as much the results, but what he what was going on behind the scenes, his uh, disagreements with Todd Bowley and the ownership uh, about players like Cristiano Ronaldo, um, and others that really kind of, you know, made him have or made him, uh, you know, be told to depart, I guess, if you want to put it that way. I don't think it was as much his results uh, as much as just his disagreements and his philosophies. Um, and if you notice, um, the new manager is now head coach, which means he's not as involved in player personnel stuff. He's just more fo- focused on coaching uh, rather than kind of being all around like Tuchel did this past summer interesting. Could it be that they're bringing a director of football? Now I'm just getting ahead of myself here, but really upset about Tuchel. I was devastated yesterday. I'm still devastated today. Wish him the best of luck. Super Tommy Tuchel forever will be uh, Chelsea fans. One of their favorite managers definitely will be one of my favorite managers. Just the passion he brought, the connection he had with uh, the fans was just really, really special. I guess what I, what I want to say here, I mean, we've been going for 10 minutes. I, I, we could talk really for for a whole hour about Thomas Tuchel and what he brought to Chelsea, but I again, this isn't even about him. This is my anger. And Alex, we talked about it now. Like you talked about it, I talked about it. I think I don't know, Peter, you mentioned it too. A stupid decision by the Chelsea owners. This that's who I'm annoyed at the most. Uh, the Chelsea board, the people who came to this conclusion that yes, Thomas Tuchel. The reason that he's out right now, there was problems, whatever, whatever problems there may be. I feel like the only thing you can do is wait. And I understand like we've been playing poorly and I'll go through the matches right now. Um, I know to start the season, it wasn't the best. I I get that. We had the 3-0 loss to Leeds. That was an absolute disgraceful performance. The red card as well. I think that was Koulibaly, right? We had the Southampton loss as well. And this last this last straw, I guess the final straw in the Champions League group stage against Dynamo Zagreb, uh, or Zagreb, whatever, however you pronounce it, uh, the 1-0 win for them. They have been sloppy. I mean, even you could say the win against West Ham. Uh, Chelsea won that match, but it wasn't a good performance. You know, we were sitting on the edge of our seats like, what the heck is going on here? So I just feel like you had to give him more time. You had to give him a chance. You can't just sack him this early. Stupid, stupid decision. And now we're really the laughing face of football. You know, I'm kind of getting, I'm get, I'm, I'm getting similarities. If anyone's a basketball fan, I'm a New York Knicks fan. They are continuously the laughing stock of the NBA, which means for people who aren't basketball fans, they're 
they're the team that always gets laughed at for what they do in their sport. And I think Chelsea now become that club because of our losses this season and because of sacking Tuchel when he wasn't supposed to be sacked. Now everyone looks towards us, all the Premier League clubs, all the Champions League clubs, and they're like, wow, look at Chelsea sitting in sixth in the Premier League without their manager that they started the season with, and it's only September 8th. That's what they're saying. And with that being said, uh, with their manager that they haven't started the year with, they do still have one. And it is Graham Potter, and we should get into Potter because he's our new manager. Um, obviously had a playing career, um, played from about 1992 to the early 2000s for many clubs. Uh, some of them, most of them, not all of them in England. Uh, yeah, looks like it here. Some of them in the championship, some of them in the Premier League. Uh, and then he began his coaching career in 2011. He coached Swansea City and then most recently from 2019 to 2022, Brighton. Um, and now he sits in as the coach, Alex says, or the manager, whatever, um, of Chelsea Football Club. And I'll leave the space to you guys if you want to add anything. I'll just say. He won't love the club as much as Tuco did. He won't connect with the fans as much as Tuco did. He will probably be hated by a lot of the fan base just because he's replacing Tuco. And I will say that there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because of that. There's going to be pressure to replicate Tuco's success, and there's going to be pressure to replicate Tuco's just how much he was liked. But looking at the hiring objectively, without any biases, I think it's a very solid hire. Uh, there's not very, very many ca- coaches that are on the market, not many, very many managers that are on the market that could come in and really do a solid job. To be honest, I don't know if Potter can do a solid job, but I think he is a very talented coach. He has good ideas. He's done extremely well with Brighton. He's turned them from a relegation club to a mid-table team who is very solid. Um, I think he could have success. It just depends on if we can, he he will he will turn this club. He will he will have a project. He want he has an idea for what he wants to do with his team, and we have to fully realize that project. This is what Tuchel was doing. Tuchel had a project, but we got impatient. We sacked him too early, as we've said, and now we have to bring someone else in who has to now. It's just this complete cycle where so now so another manager is coming into a squad that's not fit for his system, and he has to adapt. He has to kind of change his idea and what he wants in order to fit with the squad. I think he's talented enough and he's smart enough to come up with something that can work. Maybe, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not the right person to ask. I'm not a manager. I'm not, I'm not getting the Chelsea job. But I think he's very solid. He's good ideas. I like the hire out of all the people that were probably available. I'd say he was one of the top options. So it's a great hire. But is he better than Tuchel? Probably not. Is the squad fit for him? I mean, we'll see, but it's probably not the ideal. We have too many players in certain spots. We'll find out, like the hire, but would have loved to just kept Tuchel. That would have been the just the best situation. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at what Potter's done at Brighton. They're much more fluid. They're much more, I'd say, quick. They're definitely a possession-oriented team, don't get me wrong, but I think there's a big difference, and he's going to find a challenge at Chelsea. Brighton don't face... Uh, you know, deep blocks like Chelsea do. Teams don't sit in like that against Brighton uh, as much as they do against Chelsea. So I think he's going to have to adapt a little bit. Is he going to be able to adapt? That's uh, yet to be seen. We'll have to find out. But I think 
it's going to be a tough challenge. How is he going to get all these attacking pieces? Our defensive pieces are actually much stronger than our attacking pieces. How is he going to leverage the wingbacks? Because really this team is built with the wingbacks, uh, especially around Reese James at this point. Um, he's basically the key player uh, in our attack, as ironic as that is. You know, it, you just he's going to have to build around those players. What's his what's his mentality going to be with Mason Mount? What's his mentality going to be with Kai Havertz? What's his mentality going to be, um, you know, with players like Ziyech and Pulisic who are unhappy clearly with what Tuchel was doing in terms of his team selection? Um, and then defensively, is Thiago Silva uh, going to get the nod um, if they're going to do a four at the back? Potter's played four and five at the back or three at the back with three center backs. He's done both. What's he going to do with Chelsea? There's a lot of questions that uh, are remaining. I would guess for this weekend against Fulham, he's going to stick with the three at the back, uh, kind of keep a similar system before he can really put his stamp on this team. Um, but that's just kind of my thinking about that. I think there's some interesting players that he would definitely be good to work with, right? Cucurella obviously really improved at Brighton under Graham Potter. So I think there's certainly a nice connection there. And I think players like Raheem Sterling, Reese James, like I mentioned before, Silva, Fafana, Koulibaly, I think those guys are just all going to be good under any manager, to be honest. Yeah, and just going through a little bit more of his accolades, especially the past two seasons at Brighton, uh, last season especially. So Brighton achieved their highest top flight finish um, after beating West Ham 3-1 in the last game of the season, ending the campaign in ninth place with their highest Premier League goal tally of 42 and reaching 51 points, which is 10 points higher than they had in the previous record of 41. And then even this this season right now that we're in, uh, Potter became the first ever Brighton manager to win at Old Trafford after the Seagulls beat Manchester United 3-2-1. Two, 2-1 two, two, one in the opening game of the 2022-2023 Premier League season. On September 4th, uh, the Seagulls beat Leicester City 5-2. Um, and that was the first time Brighton had ever scored five goals in a Premier League fixture. So, Yes, he's made a difference at Brighton most recently, literally this season. He's made a difference as well, um, and we'll have to see what he brings to Chelsea. With that being said, Chelsea's next upcoming match, like I mentioned earlier, is against Fulham. It's Saturday, September 10th at 7.30 a.m. for us, Eastern Standard Time, 12.30 p.m. in the U.K. Chelsea right now sit in sixth in the Premier League table. Uh, with 10 points, while Fulham sit in 10th in the Premier League table with 8 points. So not far behind Chelsea at all. We'll have to see what Graham Potter does. For right now, subscribe to this podcast on our podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Go to shipitstudios.com slash talkingblues to check us out there. Uh, our podcast on Twitter at TalkingBluesPod. I'm on Twitter at Joshua29. Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. If I'm speaking, if I was speaking too fast there, all of that stuff can be found in the podcast notes. But for right now, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Blues podcast. For Peter and Alex, my name is Josh, and we'll see you next time. Let's go Blues. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. 
And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.